This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Welcome back to Ouija Boards and Midnight Margs. We're so excited to be jumping back in um, with another guest episode. But before we get started, Cheyenne, what are you drinking today? Well, friends, I'm not going to lie to you. It has been a week. So I am drinking lime seltzer water, signature select brand, hashtag sponsor me because I drink probably a hundred of these a week because sometimes the best thing you can do for your mental health is to just drink some freaking water. Yeah, actually, you know, funny you bring that up because in that herbal apprenticeship that I am doing, she repeats this all the time. And I think it's very good wisdom, but it's like 90% of symptoms that we experience in our body can all be alleviated through water. Like so many things are connected to dehydration. So (laughs) it's a good point. Interesting. I mean, I believe it. We are mostly water. It's true. What are you drinking? So we are recording this in the AM and I have a long day of chores ahead of me. So I am just drinking a regular old cup of joe with a little bit of almond milk creamer. But I have some exciting news because this is actually something really funny that I realized this morning. But this is the first time we've ever interviewed a guest in person. So I'm Yes, I'm so excited. you know, pandemic land, we've actually done this entire thing with all of our guests virtually up until this point. But this special guest that we have here today actually just lives down the block from me. So I have a little bit of my coven here in the neighborhood, which is lovely. But I want to introduce Beth Barrett. She is a teacher. She is a tarot reader. um, And she also is a um, high priestess in the Wiccan path. And so We're really excited to have her today because as many folks know um, that have been listening to the podcast so far, neither Cheyenne nor myself identify as Wiccan, but there are very um, subtle nuances between Wicca and the path and what it is as a religion, as well as how it kind of has influenced other paths and and what it even is. So we're excited to have a subject matter expert here today, um, somebody who's very high up in the in the path to explain what that all is today. So Beth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> and Beth, what are you drinking today? Um, good old ice water. Yeah, the hydration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, I actually invite you right now to pause the podcast. And if you don't have a drink, go ahead and go just get yourself a glass of water. Drink it all the way down. Feel it rehydrate your body, get all of that good, just juicy wetness going on, and then come back and sit down and we'll talk. (laughs) Yes. If you're driving over at the nearest gas station, get you a glass of water. (laughs) Yeah. Just stop and get some water. Everybody drink some water today. Okay. Being back in this space is nice. I'm feeling energized. It is. I can let go of my ego and my weird week. And we're going to pull a card. Like, can you kind of hear me shuffling? This deck doesn't shuffle the way Shale likes it. No, I don't don't get the tarot ASMR today, but it's all right. So I'm trying not to curve all of these cards. But 
<sighs> we're just going to take a collective inhale and ask for a little bit of guidance this week. <sighs> okay, we have drawn today the Ace of Cups. Mm-hmm. So, the Ace of Cups comes to us as an omen of exciting new beginnings. The Ace offers us the potential for pure love and happiness in our lives if we open ourselves to the possibility. Two hands reach out of lavender clouds. They're offering us a golden cup overflowing into a spectacle of splashing water. The gift we are being extended is filled with opportunity for love, affection, and emotional contentment. It is overflowing with potential for meaningful relationships and deep human connection. Two doves fly above, holding the card's banner. The doves symbolize peace. A lotus flower blooms out of the murky water below, a symbol of purity despite rugged conditions. Open your heart to positive change. Do not refuse yourself the right to be happy and to be loved. An invitation to a place of pure contentment, deep emotional connection, and boundless love is being offered to you. Do not brush past it. So welcome, Coven. We are being held this week. Things are going to be okay. New things are on the horizon. We are going to make it out of whatever weirdness we are all experiencing right now. And brighter days are ahead. Yeah, I'll take that one today. Yeah, I think we all need a little bit of that reminder. (sighs) All right. So let's just jump right in, Beth. I'm super excited and I have a lot of questions. I will admit I am not super well versed in Um, the Wiccan tradition. So I guess quite simply, let's just introduce yourself and tell our listeners about you and maybe give us a little Cliff's Notes. What is like Wicca 101? How did you come to this path? Well, um, I have been on this path for over 20 years and I started in California. That's where I'm from. And moved around the country a bit and landed here in Colorado. And interestingly enough, I met my high priestess at a pagan meetup group here in Colorado and she was from LA and I was from Northern California. So we met and she took me on as a dedicant. So I started um, my teaching path uh, with her learning as much as I could. And we worked together for about 13 years before she passed. And I've been doing tarot reading as long as I've been on this path. So fun fact, um, I think it's great that Beth mentions that she met her high priestess in a pagan meetup group, because that's actually how I met Beth. (laughs) Yes, I was going to (laughs) ask. Yeah, I used to to run a pagan meetup group. And then I had a group called the uh, Magical Path and uh, put that to bed last year uh, because of the pandemic yeah the pandemic got in the way a lot of stuff yeah and it's funny to kind of think back on that first meetup because that was where we learned how to make farm bags and um sachets and so that's actually something that i've incorporated a lot into my practice now especially this time of year because it's the year or it's the time you know of spring and we're getting ready to start in the garden. Beth and I were just catching up on all the things we're planting right now. And that's something that I do around Astara and Beltana is I 
I create little charm bags for the garden to promote growth. So that's something I learned from you. (laughs) So, yeah. So is I'm really curious about your relationship with your um, high priestess. How was it through meeting her that you really were like, this is this is the path for me? What made you decide that Wicca was it for you? Well, I had been searching. Uh, I was a seeker and I had been searching for a spiritual path for years. And when I met Mama Ish, um, I had been for a while, I had been asking the goddess for a teacher. And and you you knew of the, the goddess at that time, yes. even before Wicca. Interesting. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. I was developing a relationship with the goddess and wasn't sure if Wicca was going to be my path. But I was doing a lot of reading and a lot of questioning, a lot of research. And um, when I met Mama Ish, um, she had a, we sat down and had a talk and she wanted to know what it was that I was searching for. And we discovered that we was, I, I was searching for the same path that she was on. And so when we got together, it was, it was like, it was just unbelievable because mm. we, we hit it off so well. And she had so much to teach me. Um, she had been on the path since she was 20, I believe, um, she started in ceremonial magic. Wow. And um, then she met her high priest and they started a coven in LA in that area. And uh, she had been, and she was uh, in her fifties when we met. So um, she'd been on the path quite a while and learned a lot. And then she moved here because she had uh, a son who had kids that lived here and wanted to be close to her grandkids. Oh, so. I can imagine like how cool that would be to have someone like her as a grandma. Like you're, I mean, I'm picturing like Hocus or not Hocus Pocus. Um, for those of us millennials, that movie Halloween Town, where they had the witchy grandmother. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I love <laughs> Halloween Town. Yeah, and she um, <clears throat> she was a wonderful woman. Uh, very kind and compassionate and very intelligent. And um, she was with her high priest running a couple of different covens over the years. And then when she moved here, she had um, told me that she pretty much decided that she was going to be not teaching anymore. And that if someone were to come into her life that needed teaching, that she was leaving it up to the goddess. Oh my gosh, that gives me chills. (laughs) (laughs) And so the goddess brought us together. I love that. So for our listeners who may not know, what does the title high priestess mean? What um, kind of, how do you get to that level? I guess if you could just kind of describe that in layman's terms for us. So basically the uh, traditional Wiccan coven is based on a hierarchical setup. And um, what you do is when you find a coven and you're asked to join, you become what's called a dedicant. And then you have, there is a ceremony or ritual that goes with that. And then you study for a year and a day. And for each level, there are 
after you become uh, an initiated priestess, a first degree priestess, after your year and a day, then you can then work toward becoming a second degree priestess, which um, is instead of an initiation, it's called an ordination. And you become ordained as a minister. And then you work generally for years and years and years. And if you decide that you want to go um, for the third degree level, then you um, generally will take over a coven or leave the, that coven and start your own coven. Mm -hmm. And um, traditionally, there is a high priest and a high priestess in our coven here. We are an all-female group. We are not deonic, but we are all-female. But we do have extended family members, uh, friends and family that do come to rituals. But in order to become a high priestess, you have to go through the levels in a traditional coven. And um, there's a lot of studying. There's a lot of various things that you need to learn and you need to practice and you need to experience. Um, it's not just doing spells. Mm -hmm. In fact, funny thing, um, my high priestess told me when she took me on as a dedicant, she said, by the way, we don't do spells. And I said, we don't. And she said, no. You're like, that's what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as it turned out, we do do spells. <laughs> but it was something that she told me early on because she wanted me to realize and understand that the most important part of being a Wiccan priestess was the relationship with the Lord and the Lady. Okay. So, so yeah, so backing up a little bit, because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sticking on to where you said that you become an ordained minister. So this is actually more of a religion, right? Yes. So, so could you explain that for people who maybe aren't familiar with Wicca? You know, what, what is the difference between Wicca and other forms of spirituality? Because there's kind of a, a funny saying kind of in the witchy community of, Every Wiccan is a witch, but not every witch is a Wiccan, right? So, so can you kind of explain what that means? Okay. So what that means is in the Wicca tradition, actually Wicca is a recognized religion by the United States government. And whereas there are other traditions within the Wiccan culture that such as um, the Norse and... Um, Gardnerian and Alexandrian. And depending on what tradition you decide that you want to be in, as long as you um, call yourself Wiccan, then you are protected. You have the same rights as any other religious group within the United States. Um, in fact, it was, if you're in the military, for mm -hmm. instance, and you're Wiccan um, before they passed these laws, um, you could not get a pentacle, which is the symbol of Wicca. You couldn't get a pentacle on your gravestone. Uh, um, but now you can because it's recognized by the United States government as a religion. Yeah, it's cool you say that. Actually, I have a, um, a good friend and a friend of the podcast who um, is a vet. And she was telling me kind of that similar 
uh, a similar story of that, of being able to like actually finally get the pentacle on her dog tags, which, which is really cool. I'm glad that, that it is like being recognized and respected. Well, and and funny you mentioned that too, because I have a friend who's also in the military, um, who was actually the first person ever. I never knew what Wicca was until this person joined the religion, but he would always kind of laugh about how he got extra holidays because obviously oh, yeah, fun, so he would like, get like Samhain off and, you know, Yule and, and different religious days that aren't really recognized in other paths. And so, you know, he would get his day to go frolic in the woods where everybody else had to report to duty. <laughs> That's awesome. To remember that as a recognized religion in this country, discrimination is very um, rampant in this society. And as far as being recognized as uh, as a Wiccan, you, if anyone discriminates against you, uh, like in housing or in a job, you know, or whatever, then um, you have rights, mm-hmm. you have civil rights to fight against that. Yeah, that's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just call yourself a witch, you don't necessarily have those rights. There's more gray area for sure. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. So I think it's really interesting because you just, you just mentioned a couple of different I guess, sex or paths of Wicca. So you said like Alexandrian and Gardenerian, and you just said, we're not a Dionic coven. What does all of that mean for somebody who is like brand new to Wicca? Okay. What I'd like to do is explain it kind of like um, Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's an umbrella term for many different types of religions. And for us, paganism is that umbrella term. So being a pagan is like being a Christian, except nothing like it. (laughs) Um, In Christianity, you have Catholicism, you have the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Methodists, and um, non or interdenominational Christianity. Um, In paganism, you have Wicca, but under that umbrella of Wicca, you also have the different ones that I mentioned and for instance, Gardnerian, the Gardnerian tradition was started by Gerald Gardner. And the, um, then there was the Alexandrian tradition, which was started by a man named Alex. And I can't remember his last name. <laughs> I, I, that's all right. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but um, you also have other traditions, such as um, the Norse. And you have the difference between all of these is that they each have their own way of doing things. They each have their own ritual styles and their sort of rules that they have within that tradition. Um, They have their own way of running a coven. Um, Some of them don't even call them covens. Um, And in the Dianic or Dionic, depending on how you, where you're from and how you pronounce it, that is a strictly women-only tradition, where they focus, gotcha. they focus on the goddess and not necessarily the god and the goddess. Mm-hmm. 
but in traditional Wicca, you your focus is on the Lord and the Lady, or the God and the Goddess. And the important thing to remember is that there is a duality of the um, deity involved, mm -hmm. so that you have male and female, and it's a balance. Sure, and it's similar to like there's the balance of light and dark there's always that duality yes and also like in the christian tradition you have the father the son and the holy spirit mm -hmm. well in the wiccan tradition we have the maiden the mother and the crone and the maiden the mother and the crone symbolize not only the different types of like the seasons of the year but also the different times of your life um, where uh, and they're based on the goddess and the goddess who is very maternal versus um, in a patriarchy you have the the male god as the dominant leader or you know uh, deity involved but in Wicca um, a lot of the the focus is on the goddess mm -hmm. and more of that matriarchal yes. energy yes. okay because the earth, the earth is a symbol of the goddess. Is that how you would kind of describe Wicca? Is it's more, so it fits under the umbrella of paganism, which, mm -hmm. um, you know, that incorporates a lot of different things like Buddhism and, you know, like more of like the Celtic path that I would say that I follow or Native what, American. right, correct. Um, so would you say it's, it's kind of more of a, like an earth worshiping religion? Yes, earth centered is what we call it. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting about a lot of, I guess, pagan spiritualities is that the earth is truly center focus of, of what that all is. And and in a lot of indigenous cultures, that because the focus of is nature and the earth, they tend to lean more into a matriarchal focus, which is so fascinating, too, because it's, it's like about that nurturing and that that care and that relationship with the land. And so it's interesting that it leans towards matriarchal energy in that way. Absolutely. Us little caretakers. <laughs> yes, I love that. But I love everything. You do. But that's always because our listeners know. <laughs> it's a catchphrase. <laughs> For somebody who loves words so much, I really should come up with better descriptors. But sometimes love is just what I feel. You can always just like throw a double negative in there and be like, I don't not loathe that. Or no, it's, I don't. <laughs> Never mind. I can't even do that. I don't. <laughs> Oh, too funny. Um, oops, sorry, could you hear that? That was my tummy rumbling. I need to eat. <laughs> it's very close to my microphone. So what would you, what would you say, I guess, is maybe the biggest differentiator between Wicca and just maybe following kind of a, a more a la carte pagan spiritual path is it um is it like kind of I guess I'm gonna try to answer my own question really quickly <laughs> but it feels like there's probably more structure there as far as um you know different different levels does everybody end up a high priestess at the end is that the goal are there people who stay at that basic level in the coven always um I guess kind of just how does that 
How does that break down? Well, that is like a really interesting question because I feel like pagan pasts tend to be very eclectic mm-hmm. or you just kind of piece together your faith. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about that too. Yeah. So the difference between your, as you call it, eclectic or a la carte type paganism is and traditional Wicca is the structure and um, okay. ritual, um, the structure of the coven, the, that hierarchical path. Um, it's like climbing a ladder, a spiritual ladder. And no, not everybody becomes a high priest or high priestess. Um, often people will come into a coven and just stay as a first degree or a second degree priestess or priest. My high priestess, Mama Ish, used to tell me, um, you may never become a high priestess. Um, It takes years and years and years of experience and study to become a high priestess. I was really blessed that uh, she elevated me to that degree um, before she passed away. Mm-hmm. And then when she passed away, I basically took over the lead of the coven and kind of the running of and the responsibility of everyone within the coven. And um, so the thing is, you were talking about how people may say that I, I'm a witch, but I'm not a Wiccan mm-hmm. or I'm a Wiccan, but not a witch which is kind of silly to me because (laughs) every Wiccan I know is a witch. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a combination between, uh, I consider myself a Wiccan witch, but when I think about witchcraft, I think about like um, for me doing kitchen witchery and being a green witch is um, very important to me and working with, the plants and the earth and um, creating things in the kitchen. Uh, I work with herbs and oils and have for years. And everybody has, if you're on the Wiccan path, your part of your study is to become proficient at something like divination or working with herbs or you know whatever your specialty is, you become the best at that that you can be. And you study and research and practice and practice and practice. And the, and the magic is there. It's, um, it's all about intention. And so when you put your intention towards something, that's magic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that magic is, and, and think of spell work, as a, a really important part of being a Wiccan, which in some ways it is, because you're working with the energies of the earth and, and the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the magic, it's the energy that we use. That's actually really interesting mm-hmm. that um, you, you find like a, a specialty or an expertise, because I think for me, at least, when I looked at Wicca, it seemed almost overwhelming. Like there's mm-hmm. so much to study and so much to know that I was like, man, you'd have to really dedicate your life to become a high priestess, which I, I feel like in a way you kind of do. But I guess it's nice to know that you don't have to 
know every aspect of like, you don't have to be a tarot master and a medium and a green witch and um, all of these things to, to reach that level. You really do find what calls to you the yes. most. Yes, absolutely. What, <clears throat> wherever, whatever area you're called to um, that resonates with you, um, that's, that's what you do. And some witches are good at everything. And some are not. <laughs> I'm one of those. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, sometimes you have somebody who joins a coven and then they discover that it's not for them and they'll leave. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not something that's written in stone. It is a spirituality and it's where your heart and your spirit lead you. I think that being Wiccan, although being Wiccan is it's a daily path. It's, you know, it's like not, you don't go to church once a week mm -hmm. or every Easter or every Christmas or that kind of thing. You live your path every day of your life. Yes. So I actually, that leads me to a, a question that I just like to ask, you know, kind of spiritual people of, of all paths, but I'm curious to hear your answer to this. What are just some like everyday magical, like what does living magically every day mean to you? What are your favorite, like just benign everyday magic where you see it and you're like, yep, like <laughs> that's it. That's magic. This is what we're doing. I like, I mean, something as simple for me is like making my French press coffee in the morning, right? I'll put different spices in it depending on what I'm trying to manifest. And I stir a certain number of times and, you know, bring that intention into the into the beverage while I'm sitting and drinking and sipping. And that's like, that's my favorite form of everyday magic. So kind of what is that? Uh, what does that look like for you? What's what's a simple everyday lifestyle thing that you love that that kind of connects you back to your path always? Wow. Um, I'd have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like I know picking one is probably hard. Yeah. <laughs> or even um, or even like what what does like a day in a Wiccan's life look like if you feel comfortable answering it that way? Okay, that's a good question because something I teach is grounding. Mm. And grounding is so vitally important in this, especially in this world today in our society. Um, there's a lot of stress mm -hmm. in, in everyday life, especially lately with the pandemic. So grounding, centering. Uh, centering means working with the chakras. And one thing I do every morning when I get up, when my feet hit the floor, I do an instantaneous grounding, um, which is the connection to the earth and the goddess through the earth. So that's really important to start your day, you know, being grounded. I also, let's see, what else do I do? <laughs> I mean, grounding is such an essential skill that I think in theory, it sounds very, you know, basic and simple, but in practice, it's really hard for a lot of people to come back to their bodies, to connect to that and to sink down. Um, so I think that's a beautiful yeah, example. And, and, and what I teach, I teach people that it's not as difficult as they might think it is. Grounding for me was a very natural thing natural part of my tradition. Um, centering was a little bit different um, <laughs> because you're working with the chakras. You need to know a little bit about them and how they work. And I actually 
have taken um, hands-on healing courses where we work with the chakras. And um, because part of my tradition is that we are healers and we are teachers. So we're a teaching coven and a healing coven. And so working with the chakras is, is important for a lot of people uh, because those energy centers are so, it's so important to keep them balanced uh, as well as grounding to have sort of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful way to start your day. And, you know, the, 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 to Cheyenne's point about where it can be difficult to incorporate grounding practices into your life, um, I can relate to that a lot. And so I, I struggle with things like meditation. I, I am not good at being still. <laughs> but even just thinking about like that just being a simple ritual that you do in the morning of, you know, you crawl out of bed and your feet touch the floor and you take a moment there to be intentional about how you're going to start your day and being intentional about this is my connection to the earth. And I think I, I just can't imagine a more beautiful way <laughs> to start your day than just right immediately on that note. Yeah. So grounding and gratitude. Yeah. Those are two very <laughs> important things that I start my day with. I really appreciate that. I think that's a good just a good reminder in general too, to, to start your day in a very present and engaged way before you're like reaching for mm-hmm. phones or jumping on meetings or running to work, like just taking that time for you, honoring your simple existence and, um, and expressing gratitude for that. I think that's absolutely beautiful. So I, I love the fact that you are a teaching coven and, um, one thing that I've known about you since we've been, we've known each other almost four years now, which is crazy to think, <laughs> but, you know, even though I don't necessarily identify as Wiccan, you've never been exclusionary. No one in your coven ever has. And, um, I have been invited to participate in rituals and, and all of that. And so if somebody is seeking to join this path or, um, is seeking, a community like this, what advice do you have for them? What I usually tell people who are seeking and they're curious about this path is I will encourage them to read as much as they can. And um, reading is, there's a lot out there and it's hard to know what's good to be reading. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of new stuff that is basically crap. <laughs> there, there, I, I like to, to encourage people to read and to read with an open mind, to question, just as if you would question a Christian path, question paganism, question the Wiccan path. Um, find out if it's for you, you know, if, if it resonates with you spiritually. I also suggest uh, finding a group or at least someone else that you can work with. Being a solitary Wiccan is not easy. However, you have more solitary Wiccans out there than, than most covens. So um, do you think, do you think there's a reason for that? Like, do you think it's just, yes, there's a hard, it's hard to connect with others or, or why do you think there are more solitary Wiccans than group? You know, I think that a lot of it has to do with 
um, the way our society is. Mm -hmm. And um, especially younger people coming to the path, they start out on their own. They may have a friend that is also interested. But the nice thing about being a solitary Wiccan is that you can do it your own way. Mm -hmm. You don't have to follow any rules or guides to, you know, it most, I like to say that, that pagans are the most well-read people I know because they don't just read about Wicca or any particular pagan path. They read about all different types of spirituality mm -hmm. and all different types of religions. Um, so they're very knowledgeable. And I always encourage people to read and learn to meditate, to ground, to center. Uh, these are the basic foundations of Wicca. Uh, visualization, uh, creative visualization is a, is a, in fact, there's a book by Shakti Gawain called Creative Visualization. And I took a class on visualization in college in California. And that's when I started learning about that. And when you're doing magic, you must be able to visualize your mm -hmm. intention. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing I talk to people about. I, I teach grounding, visualization, um, centering, and all these basics that are the foundation of Wicca. I love that you said, going back to kind of the comment about pagans being well-read and that they tend to explore all types of avenues. And Cheyenne, I think you could probably relate to this too, but I do feel like there's truth to that because I don't, I don't know of a lot of people and, and not to speak very generally, but I don't know of a lot of people that immediately come to something like Wicca or immediately come to something under the pagan umbrella. You're usually like pursuing all of these different forms of spirituality before you ever kind of land on this path and, and it resonates with you. And Cheyenne, I don't know if you have a similar experience, but I mean, I feel like I've done that where I explored Buddhism and Hinduism and looking back at my ancestry and trying to figure out what resonates with me before I ever kind of landed here. <laughs> yeah. And I think what I really appreciate about this community, um, just kind of the magical community, the pagan community in general, is that for the most part, everyone like we we like to do our research right and we we are always seeking to understand and see the connection and the spider webs that connect all of these things together as well i think what i really love about um about this community and the people we we work with and talk with and get to um connect with on this podcast is that everyone is able to empathize and kind of put their themselves in the other paths shoes, so to speak. And, and it's really nice to recognize that while some things may not be for you, um, having a working knowledge of them and a respect, it, it's one of my favorite things about, about the pagan community and about this path is I just, I feel like there is less, worry about everyone agreeing a hundred percent on everything. And there's a lot more celebration of individual strengths and characteristics as well. So I, I really appreciate that freedom to exist as we are and to continue to learn from each other and, and borrow things that work and abandon things that don't. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of my favorite part too. But I, I mean, I agree with you. My, 
response to anybody who's reached out podcast wise asking about how to get started, where to begin. Um, it's, it's always reading. And um, just because somebody has a book published doesn't mean that they're the expert or the only expert. So I think having a well-rounded pagan library is very important. Yeah. And, well. and along those notes, you know, something that I, spe- I especially feel like exists on in the online world is, and I'm curious about your perspective of this in something that is much more structured than a typical pagan path. Um, but things like gatekeeping or people telling you it has to be done a certain way, you know, what, or, you know, people, Cheyenne and I struggle with this, but like things like imposter syndrome or feeling like you can't define yourself as a witch until you are so far down the path. Right. But that's not necessarily true. And I know that you don't feel that way. So what advice do you have for somebody who is, who might be feeling that where they don't feel like they're allowed to necessarily identify with this path or, or do you have experience with people saying you have to do it a certain way or, or you're wrong or, or what advice do you have to kind of navigate all of that? Well, I've been involved with a few different online groups in the past. Yeah, it's kind of funny because um, uh, pagans can be very, I mean, and I hate to speak generally, but um, in my experience, pagans can be very judgmental. Um, not usually. Mm-hmm. They're usually very accepting of individuals and their paths. But I think that, you know, we're all human and we experience life differently. Those of us who feel the same spiritually um, are drawn t- toward each other. And, I, you know, it's really important for me to say that when I define myself, I don't just define myself as a Wiccan priestess. I am a Wiccan priestess, but um, I consider myself a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And spirituality is the key. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're Wicca or if you're Jewish or if you're Muslim or if you're Christian. The important thing is that you have a spiritual path. And when you're seeking, I, I may have lost track of the question. That oh, you you're asked, fine. But um, I think it's important that when you're seeking and you find, if you don't find the answers you're looking for, that you continue searching for those answers. No, that, that makes sense, though, because th- the question was really about <clears throat> if somebody's telling you that you're not doing it the right way or. Oh, right. So it, basically to continue to find your path and to, to continue to question. And really, at the end of the day, it, it matters. What really matters is your own practice. Absolutely. Uh, what what matters most is what resonates with you. What is true to you in your heart and your spirit. Um, and if somebody, if somebody were to tell me, oh, you're doing that wrong, and I would say, well, who is saying that I'm doing it wrong? <laughs> true. You know, um, that's the, the wonderful thing about the pagan path or the even the Wiccan path is that you do have that freedom of spirituality to practice it however you want. And whereas if you're not on a pagan path, if you're on, say, a Christian path, you're constantly being told that this is the way you have to do things. And 
I have met so many people over the years who have left uh, Christianity because of that, mm-hmm. because they couldn't express themselves spiritually the way that they wanted to. They felt that it was important or comfortable for them. So I'm often telling people to be true to your spiritual nature. I love that. Be true to your spiritual nature. (laughs) Yes. Which I think is a good reminder for all of us too. I mean, obviously there are gray areas and nuance Mm -hmm. regarding things like appropriation, but I do, um, I do think we all kind of need that reminder too, that like what matters is how, how you are feeling and how this is impacting your life. And as long as it's not encroaching on other people, yeah, you can, you can trust yourself. You can trust your intuition and your own magic as well. I think it's important to question everything and then to really trust your knowing because it's there. And if you pay enough attention, um, I think at your, at your core, you know, what you're, what your what answers you're seeking I guess yeah and it's important also to we talked about borrowing things and cultural appropriation and I think it's really important to respect and honor another culture's uh, way of doing things mm-hmm. and not to steal things from other cultures but there is a sense of crossing over you know, different cultures that cross over. And like we talk about, um, for instance, in my tradition, we do um, shamanic journey work. And we do we do not call ourselves shamans mm-hmm. because we are not shamans, but we are shamanic practitioners. And there are a variety, I mean, so many different cultures that practice shamanic journey work. And, you know, not just the indigenous tribes of South America or North America or Siberia, which is where it started. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the Celtic regions, we've um, there's a lot of good books that are written about Celtic shamanism. And my path being a Celtic path, um, that's something that I've done a lot of studying about. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I think... Um... Mm-hmm as we say on this podcast a lot, it's about going back to your ancestry and yeah. figuring out what was practiced in your lineage and, and kind of circling back to the the Celtic ancestry that you talked about. The Druids practiced light centers in the same way that in Indian religions um, like Hinduism and in yoga and practices like that, they have the chakras. Um, the Druids, I think, only had uh, five light centers, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm trying to think back on our um, apprenticeship that I'm doing now where we actually just talked about this. But yeah, it's 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 figuring out how to practice it within kind of your own way. But as you mentioned, acknowledging and honoring the practices of others without stealing. Well, and this reminds me too of a guest from season one, Dr. Samuel Nez. He had a really good post on his personal Instagram this week about the use of white Mm -hmm. sage. And I think that's a really easy example to use because it's so, it's so commodified right now um, that everyone can kind of use that touch point as an example. Um, Smoke cleansing has existed across multiple cultures. What you are burning and what you are calling it matters. (laughs) And I think it's, it's that intention and it's that, that further research and that deep understanding of the actual practice as a practice and not as, you know, a 
trend or, or whatever that, um, that is really important. Um, our language is very important. And I think people will use that, you know, well, my culture practices smoke cleansing and that's well and good, but what are you burning? What was actually appropriate for, you know, this particular, particular ritual? What, um, you know, what does that actually look like? Because a lot of people don't actually know the properties of what they're burning. And you think you're, everyone goes to that basic, you know, I'm ridding my home of evil spirits or whatever. But a lot of times when you're smoking, you're stirring shit up and waking things up and inviting them to interact with you. And if you're not using the appropriate tools or words, um, it's not going to work for you. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just think that's, that's a good real life example that I think a lot of our listeners can probably relate to right now, just in the the trendiness of the witch um, in general online um, and kind of how we're all experiencing that. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that, that commitment to education and to forever learning and to honoring both your own ancestry, but the ancestry of, of others who have similar practices as well. So you, it's kind of shifting gears a little bit here. Um, So you are a business owner. You have a business called The 10th House. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm really curious, what, what does, what is your business? What do you um, offer and kind of how does it fit into your Wiccan practice? Okay. So my business is, I mean, I'm a tarot reader. That's a big part of what I do, but as being um, in a teaching coven, I decided to take that one step further. And what I do is I teach workshops, everything from grounding and visualization to making herbal incense. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I had to stop doing just when things were taking off, I had to stop teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I, my focus became on selling things. So I was kind of doing some retail, um, selling witchy things and selling my journals um, and continued doing the readings. Um, I I was doing readings online and then I do readings locally at a couple of shops in town. Yeah, Yeah, so I love the the term the 10th house that even has kind of a story behind it, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. The 10th house in astrological terms means the Capricorn. It's the house of Capricorn. And I'm a Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And the 10th house, and I'm not an expert on astrology, but as far as the 10th house goes, it focuses on career some people it, it focuses also on spirituality and um, uh, success. And so for me, it was about not just my own personal success, but helping others to succeed in their spiritual lives and um, how that plays into their everyday life. And so the education part became very important. And um, so teaching others the basics, the foundation of spirituality in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also do uh, personal coaching for things like uh, uh, I do um, 
uh, chakra balancing and things like that. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and we will link all of your info below in the show notes so people can find you and see all of this goodness for themselves as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. And as someone who's taken um, some of your workshops, like I, I kind of mentioned earlier, I've even incorporated some of the things that you've taught me into my my practice now. And somebody who's gotten multiple readings from you, I just have to say you're you're not going to be disappointed in what Beth can offer. She's absolutely incredible. Her readings especially are on point. I Every single time we do a reading together, I leave just inspired and with a lot more clarity. I'm actually like sitting here like, I need to do a reading with you again. I was just going to be like, okay, Beth, I need help. <laughs> yeah, when I, do, when I do readings at um, the little shop in, in Loveland, um, I... I've been meeting so many nice people yeah, and I have so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I really have a good time and people walk away with this sense of like, they learned something Mm -hmm. and not just about tarot, but about themselves. Yeah. And that's, what's important Mm -hmm. is um, that you're, when you ask a question, you're not just getting an answer. You're learning something about yourself. And that's, and that's what I like to uh, emphasize. Uh, yeah. I, I love that you mentioned that because I do, I do think, especially for people who are new to the path, um, new to tarot, there is like this kind of misunderstanding a little bit that tarot is about, it's, it's like a Q and a session, right? But it's so much more than that. It really is a, a form of really, really, I guess, to kind of break it down, tarot is really more about, this is your different options right? But it's really up to you to take that information and apply it to what's going on in your life, where you want to go, um, who you want to be, right? And, and they're really meant as more of a, a guidance or a, a kind of step along the way. But really, at the end of the day, it's up to you and your intuition, right? Absolutely. And I tell people, when I give them readings, I say, you know, I can give you an answer based on the cards that we pull. Mm-hmm. Um, but you ultimately make the decision. You make the decision about which path to take or which turn to take on your path. And, you know, the cards will tell you, (laughs) we always talk about when doing tarot that the universe has a sense of humor. (laughs) And sometimes you get, you're very surprised by what the cards will say. I also, I've talked to several people who have asked me, well, what if I do a reading and it doesn't make sense and I do another reading? I said, and if you pull those same cards, you're, you're going to be, they're going to be, the universe is telling you that this is what you need to know, whether you like it or not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually, it's really funny because um, I'm doing a little bit of reflection right now, but thinking back to last summer um, when we were hanging out and we were doing readings, I had just mentioned to you at this time, like, hey, you know, Cheyenne and I are talking about starting this podcast. Do you think that this is something we should pursue or, or what uh, is the element there? And really the guidance was yes. And, and it's kind of amazing to see what's become of that. Like Cheyenne and I started something really beautiful. And, and it's funny to think back at that, that conversation and the guidance we received at that time. And now to have you here, it's coming like full circle. <laughs> full circle yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that for sure. The space has been... Um, 
it has meant everything, I think, to us in the last couple of months that it has existed. And yeah, it's a leap I'm very glad we took because I think it's bringing a lot of people connection and closeness and a feeling of belonging when we've maybe all really been feeling like we don't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially in the last year. Um, So I'm very grateful to have you on too. Um, And that said too, I guess, do you have things coming up in the future that you're excited about? Are you working on any, any new projects or what does the rest of 2021 look like for you? Ooh, let's see. Um, well, uh, I'll be doing readings continually in the area. Um, I also, I'm hoping to be working on a book, another book soon that, I've had kind of in the works mm. for years now. And um, it's it's kind of a, an autobiography, um, but it's it's about how the goddess saved my life. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And um, helped put me on a spiritual path that where I was I was meant to be. And um I, I just want to be able to share my experience with other people mm-hmm. because I have certain, we all have our issues. I have certain issues that I deal with on a daily basis and my spirituality guides me through my life. So that's something I'm hoping to start working on soon. And Oh, I can't wait to read it when it's out. I know, that sounds amazing. And uh, speaking of books, you have a couple here right in front of you. Um, and one of them I've used myself, it's it's your tarot journal, but you have a couple of journals that you offer for people who want to deepen their practice um, a little bit more. So I would love for you to talk about them and uh, cough, cough, wink, wink. Make sure you're following us on Instagram because we might be offering some of these as a giveaway. Um, so check us out at Ouija Boards and Midnight Margs on Instagram um, because we will be dropping some of these. So I would love for you to talk about them. Okay. Well, first of all, I have, it's called the Pathways Tarot Journal um, by E.A. Barrett is my pen name. And basically it's, it's kind of a beginning sort of if you're just starting out on the tarot journey and um, it gives some advice and some helpful tips about how to deal with the depth and how to do basic readings like three card, seven card, 10 card, and so on. And then it's also a journal. So there is plenty of room to write. And um, the idea behind it is to to write down um, the information that you get on your tarot readings. Uh, The second book is called A Seeker's Journal. um, And that's kind of a Wicca 101 uh, book, but is also a journal. And at the back, in the back of the Secrets Journal, I have a suggested reading list for people who are new on the path. And then the third journal is called The Goddess Within, an Empowerment Journal. And I am a huge believer in positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. So this book was designed with random positive affirmations throughout the journal so that you can remind yourself of how important you are and and that your self-care is vital in your life. So that's, that's what I have. Yeah. That's so beautiful. 
I'm gonna need to get myself a copy. Of that. <laughs> Honestly, Cheyenne, it, I wish you could see it right now. Um, but it's it's probably the one that has my favorite cover. It's just gorgeous. All of the artwork on these are really beautiful, and yeah, I, I love using the the tarot journal. And I was using it very heavily before the pandemic hit, mm. um, and was making it part of my morning routine to draw a card and really um, sit with it and write about it and since the pandemic obviously I got super busy and my tarot practice has waned quite a bit but I can't wait to dive back into it and have that as a, a resource so yeah. one lucky winner on Instagram will get a copy of each of these so very excited to offer that <laughs> well I guess I, I just want to say thank you Beth for joining us today I am very grateful for all of this I think this is a question we get so often, the difference between Wicca and witchcraft and what it all means and how people begin. And I think there's there's been so much wisdom and just gentle guidance shared today that I think is really going to resonate and help people find, find what they're looking for, whether it's in the Wiccan path or not. But I, uh, I really appreciate all of the all of the teaching you've done for us today too. So I guess I just, I guess final question for me is just, are there any parting words of wisdom? Any, you know, things that you want to mention that we haven't touched on? Anything you feel, feel particularly inspired to leave us with today? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me mm -hmm. uh, on your podcast. Um, it's been a real treat and um, an honor to be here to share my thoughts with you and your listeners. Words of wisdom. <laughs> well, my dad used to tell me, whatever you do, don't lose your sense of humor. <laughs> I think that's excellent advice. <laughs> um, he actually told me that when I told him I was pregnant. So you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> what that was like. So my parting words would be for anyone who is interested in Wicca, don't be afraid to investigate. You know, pick up a book and read it. Listen to the podcast because you're going to learn so much. Just ask questions. If you come from a different spiritual background and you're concerned or seeking um, something new, then... Um, Question everything. That was the advice that was given to me back when I was in college in California. Was just question, question everything. Don't buy into um, what somebody tells you is the right way to do something. You need to trust your instincts, trust your intuition, and do what's right for you. Yeah, I think. Wow, I can't picture a better way to lead into our perwitchin slip. <laughs> that we end every yes I was with. gonna say she just gave it to us today and, and I really want to highlight the term that you've continually used throughout this podcast episode of being a seeker and I think that's the best perwitchin slip we can end on this note is that it's okay to seek it's okay if you don't feel like where you're at right now in your spiritual path is the right space and it's okay to question and as a matter of fact you absolutely should even even in the spirituality lane that you find yourself in, it's okay to continue to question. Um, so that's our perwitch and slip question, be a seeker and uh, trust your intuition. I think that's amazing advice. And uh, I would also like to express my thank you. Thank you for coming here. Um,
I, I think you've heard uh, we mentioned the coven on our Salon podcast episode, and and it's just an honor to have you here and be able to um, bring bring that element into this space and have it come full circle. And um, I just have appreciated having you as a teacher for the last four years and being able to learn from you and be able to share your wisdom with the rest of the the listenership, our little OBMM family. So thank you for being here today. And yeah, I can't wait to see what, what comes in the future. Blessed be. <laughs> Blessed be. Blessed be. Cheers, Cheers to that. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm e algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. <laughs>